we can start uh, the session with Laurie. Hey, hi, Laurie. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. How are you? Amazing. I'm doing good as well. Good. Uh, before we start your session, Laurie, I'll just uh, go through a little bit of housekeeping rules that we have. Uh, so this session would be for eight to 10 minutes for all the people who are joining in now uh, and followed by a 15 minutes Q&A. The Q&A would be moderated by me. So I'll be asking you the questions after the presentation, Laurie. Uh, so we'll be recording the <clears throat> whole webinar and we'll be sharing the slides, etc. that whatever is being shared here. So no need to take notes or worry about it. And you can put in all your questions down at the bottom, the Q&A section, and we'll take those questions up. Uh, before we start the session, I would like to introduce Laurie. She is LinkedIn top five sales influencers to follow for 2020. Congratulations on that, Laurie. Uh, and she is the women in sales speaker, author of She Sells. And she's going to talk about today uh, why being a consultative seller is more important now than it has ever been. Over to you, Laurie. Fantastic. And I am going to share my screen. So how's it been going? You've had some great sessions, it sounds like. Yeah, pretty, pretty good sessions. Yes. Very good. All right. So I just want to thank everyone for being on today. I, I am Lori Richardson, and I, you can see the sign behind me says Women Sales Pros. I'm also, I have a company called Scoremore Sales. So between the two, sales consultancy and, and focusing on women in one aspect um, with Women Sales Pros, um, it keeps us very busy. And what I wanted to talk about today is about selling and particularly about being consultative. And one of the things that prompted me to talk about this is because when the pandemic hit everywhere, uh, people started saying, okay, don't sell, don't sell. Nobody can sell anything. You don't wanna sell, just, what do they say? Just help people, right? Don't sell, stop selling. Um, and it just drove me crazy because I've been in sales a long, long time. And what I've learned over the years is that selling is helping and that what we don't want is bad selling. Bad selling is when people are just pushing products. It's when you connect with someone on LinkedIn and they pitch you with their, not just to be helpful to give you an idea of what they do, but to try to set up a meeting and just pitch you. Um, that's bad selling and being consultative. I, I just want to say, you know, if you don't remember anything else of, of my time here, it, selling is admirable. And I believe that it's the, the salespeople, the people in companies who, um, will help get this economy to the next place that we're going where it's going to help. We're going to ramp things back up because salespeople and anyone that's involved in selling, we take the great ideas and the innovation and the products and services, and we turn them into dollars. And we need dollars to move forward in our economy. So I'm pretty passionate about that. Uh, I also call selling the glorious hidden career. So I like to drill down just a little bit, and I know I'm limited on time. Uh, so I'm just going to hit a few points here. What is consultative selling? What am I talking about? And I'd love for people, please interact if that's okay, 
um, in terms, I, I can't read all the notes as I'm going along uh, in the chat, but um, maybe they can be shared at some point. I want to talk about how consultative selling is really focused on the buyer and not just the buyer, but the buyer's world. Part of the buyer's world is who their customers are. So if you can know enough about your buyers to know who their customers are, an example in the pandemic, if you knew that your buyer uh, only sold to hotels and airlines and restaurants, they were probably not people that you wanted to talk to right away because they were in a crisis mode. However, if they were other people who are involved with telecommunications and remote work and they were going crazy and they were busy. And the idea that we sell individually and we're not just spamming people with our message, but we actually know who we're calling on, what we're saying is important. Now I'm not a marketer, uh, but from a selling standpoint, it's really, um, really important. And what's the biggest thing that we need to think about when we think about consultative selling? I would contend that it's curiosity. Curiosity, it's what kids do. Anyone has kids or they're around kids or they've been a kid, which I think includes all of us. Uh, we were the masters of why, but why and why? And, and they won't stop sometimes. It'll go on time after time because they're so curious to find out the answer. Um, if, if we can be like that, which is curiosity is really the, the desire to learn or know. It's about inquisitiveness. And, and if we can learn about the situation that your buyer's in, it can be one of the most helpful things you can do in terms of being consultative. All right. Let's say a little more about consultative. I actually know because of the work that I've done uh, with some research of 1.9 million people that there are a number of components that fit under consultative selling. Um, things like asking enough questions, asking great questions. So let me give you an example. I asked someone the other day, I said, what are, what's your customer's biggest challenge? And he immediately said, they don't have any money to spend. So instead of going, okay, and then just writing it down, like a lot of us would do, I thought, wait, there's another question behind that. I wanted to know how he knew that. And that's kind of a tough question. That's, that might be considered a great question to say, how do you know that? How do, how do you know? And I'm not calling him on the carpet. I'm just saying, oh, how do you know that? And he said, I don't know. I just figured that that's what it is. So that's why it's important to ask questions because we, we want to drill down. Just like when someone tells you the price of something, a good question can be if you're a consumer is to say, oh, how did you come to that price? Uh, and you can just learn so much by drilling down. So many components into what consultative selling really is, what that competency is. And um, I don't know if we, should I take any questions now? Uh, I'll take up the questions at the end of the session after you're okay. done. With All right, you got it. Okay, so having, uh, being able to present at the right time, staying in the moment, staying present, 
uh, all these different things are what make up um, the consultative selling competency. Okay, now I'm gonna move on to selling value because I want to talk about the difference. Um, it's, these are both important things. And the people in sales who are professional sellers, who know how to be consultative in terms of asking about, learning about their buyers, learning about their world, finding out whether what they sell even makes sense right now to help them with or not. And if not, what else do they need and how can we help them? That's how we are helpers. And selling value is important because what a lot of people want to do in tough times is just discount. You know what, if I sell it to you for less, would you buy it? And that is not selling value. Uh, and, and as you discount, you run into to problems. We need to have ways of differentiating what we're offering rather than caving in on price. Now, you might focus on price only if you're selling commodities, if you're selling something that has no differentiation. So this is a big aha moment that a lot of people have come to grips with in the last couple of months, in the last 11 or 12 weeks, is that some people will say, are you selling a, an aspirin or a vitamin? Um, that's a very common phrase that people have said, you know, is it something that, that helps? It's a nice to have, or is it a must have? And I would contend that if you're selling something that is a must have, that's going to improve someone's world, whether it's their work world, uh, professionally at home, uh, it, it's, a, it's a needed service or product. Those are things where you can sell value and you can differentiate yourself. Sometimes we had to pivot a little bit um, so that our offering changed somewhat. And, and we, we've seen people that have done that. We've seen some great companies that have made that change. Um, selling value also has a number of components to it. And again, this comes from research. You can see that asking questions, great questions, asking enough questions is right back in there. So if nothing else, this could be another good takeaway is to go back and say, what are 10 more questions that I could ask a buyer uh, that might help me know how I can work with them better with my products and services. So it, there are different questions for different people. So if someone says, well, what are great questions? We can throw out a few, but you know what they are. They, they drill deeper. They make the person maybe a little uncomfortable or they might make you a little uncomfortable to ask, you know, what's the cost of not doing that? If you don't do it, what's going to happen? Not everyone will ask those kinds of questions. And so, um, so this is a key um, area that, that you want to think about. This is how you sell value. And you have to be comfortable talking about money and, and feeling like um, money is a tool. You know, and it's not something that we shouldn't talk about. We shouldn't bring it up. Don't ask too many questions about how they're going to pay for it or how it's going to happen. These are things that we want to talk about and have clear conversations on. The other thing that's important because we have such a, a limited time right now is that I want people to consider investing in their professional development. These happen to be books all written by our women sales pros. So they're all about sales and they're all written by women sales experts and they're awesome. There's some really good ones in here. 
And, you know, if you don't do books, um, do, po do podcasts, but have a pattern, have a way to, you know, keep listening and set a, set a schedule. Do it now that people aren't commuting as much. I guess some people are going to start commuting uh, again to some amount. Um, you know, when, when do you listen to podcasts? Can you do that in your office? And, and what are you listening to? And how do you keep track of it? And, um, and I'm ready for questions. Great. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you for the presentation and for all the different steps that you told how to, you know, make the sales right. So let's start with the questions. We have a lot of them coming in. Okay. okay. So a first question that we have is from Kiran. He asks, how does consulting selling will help design creative services? I'm a designer and a brand consultant. How will it help design services? Yes. Design and creative services. Okay, design and creative services. So, um, so it's understanding your buyer's world. I mean, who get, make categories of all your buyers? You probably have a number of different types of buyers. I use design and creative services. So, if you knew more about me and my profile, then you'd know what might be important to me. I know for me, design and creative services, it's very hard to find someone that can take on projects quickly and get them done quickly and um, do quality work and give me some assurance that it, it will be a good job. So that, you know, that could be, um, that's kind of, those are kind of general, but I know in my case, those are really important. Next question that we have is, what is the first step in the consultative selling approach? The first step is to understand, um, have, I, I'm assuming that you know who your prospects are. So the first step is, is just really kind of segmenting people into different buckets based on different things. So, um, so for example, I, I might have buckets of people who are referred my way, people through LinkedIn that know something about me. Um, I might have people that are just total, they've never heard of me and what I do. And so then I can prepare different messaging and I can um, then start looking into what their buyer issues are. Next question is, uh, Laurie, the consultative selling approach is always effective than traditional selling approach, but why is it more important now? Well, it's more important now because when the economy was good, you didn't have to be very good of a salesperson to be, to be successful. Um, basically, people were buying things, they had big budgets, they were buying things they didn't need, uh, they bought a lot of things they wanted, and all that changed in a matter of days. And now, you know, there are people that took salary cuts, pay cuts, got furloughed, fired. I mean, this is a tough time. And you must have products and services that help, that add value. And if not, people aren't going to take them. Next question we have is from Sifat Abi. He asks, uh, what helps you become an industry expert? Since we don't know, about the bias industry enough, we wouldn't be able to consult them properly. So is there a way to, uh, I have a couple ideas. One is to interview them, start a podcast perhaps, or interview them for, uh, for a blog post or something, a blog on your website and, and use content, uh, their content to learn about them and ask them ask them questions. And you might even say, 
you know, I, I'm really not trying to sell you anything because I don't know enough to know whether you won't, you know, whether I can help you, but I'd love to learn about what you do. Could, could I just get 10 minutes of your time and, and could you answer just a few questions for me? And you'll find some people that won't want to do that, but there are people that will, that will be helpful. And that's how we all start. We all start that way. Next question is, Laurie, consultative selling approach is always like creating a situation or asking thought-provoking questions where customers can realize his or her pain point. Does consultative selling require pitch training like traditional selling? These are good questions. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I, I think that consultative selling just requires good listening, um, really being thoughtful, being transparent, um, coming from the heart and, and learning. It, it comes from a learning mindset, a growth mindset. So um, if you do that, you don't need a special program of training. You, you really just need to listen. And when someone tells you something that you don't understand, you can say, oh, I, I haven't heard of that. Can you tell me more about that? Or even just say, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. Can you tell me more? And then, and then by doing that, I'll get you to say more about it and I'll learn the more I interview you. What factors do you include in building and leveling sales enablement? In building and leveling sales enablement? Wow, that's a whole nother session. <laughs> um, you know, sales enablement is a big term with a wide range of what that means. So I'm not sure what you mean sales enablement. It is in this case, I belong to the Sales Enablement Society, um, and that's SE, I think it's salesenablement.org, or they're on the web, it's free to join, and they have wonderful definitions about um, everything sales enablement. I'm just throwing that in because it's a, it's a great um, nonprofit organization that's set up. Um, so I'm not sure. Sales enablement is a big topic. <laughs> okay. So the next question that we have, Laurie, is uh, in the current situation, customers are getting engaged remotely. Is it not a challenge to build trust without in-person interaction? Interesting. Um, has Julie uh, spoken yet? I don't know if Julie Hansen spoken yet, but... Yes, um, she has. <laughs> she oh, has. She, did she talk about smell? Yes, she did. <laughs> so I learned that from her. That apparently in person, they're pheromones and they're things that you, you can yeah, actually build yeah. trust with a human being easier. Yeah. And, and being virtual is stressful. You know, we're seeing ourselves and, you know, we're hoping that we're, we're trying to understand and seeing if you understand. Um, it's harder. Yeah, it's harder, but it's possible. And, and it just, it takes, again, you know, from the heart, um, being, being um, genuine and and really following up i think is important uh so the next question that we have is uh consultative selling is a philosophy rooted in building a relationship between you and your prospects does it take a longer time to close a deal i would say no because i think it takes a longer time to close a deal if you're not being consultative because if i'm just pushing something at you because i think you need it i may never sell to you uh, but if instead I learn and I take time, yeah, it might take a little bit longer. But you know what? Um, in the end, I, I'm going to do something that's a win for you and it's a win for me. And 
And that's what professional selling is all about. Got it. Got it. Next question is, uh, why should we practice consultative selling instead of product-based selling where we aim to sell products? Product-based selling is, is a newer um, trend. I, you know, people, uh, I think the idea is that if you position things right, they will sell on their own. And I just, I'm working with complex products and services and they require some human input. So what I'm referring to are um, things that are harder to sell uh, than just by going to a website and find picking one and then um, and buying it. I don't know if you give me some examples. Like I'm interested in asking this question. What kind of uh, things that you talk about when you say the complex uh, selling or like what exactly are you selling? Okay, so for a, a complex sale would be when it involves multiple people mm -hmm. and and we know that in you know mid to large size companies there are i think the latest eight nine people involved in a buying decision Got and so it. if you have eight or nine people involved in a buying decision there are many conversations that are going on in different aspects because every one of those people have different motives and different interests and so unless you've set things up really really amazingly well it's going to be hard to tailor to all those conversations. So that's one aspect. And then the other is um, typically it's complex because it takes time, uh, multiple meetings, multiple conversations. Okay, so the next question we have is listening skill is important for all sales selling processes. How is it different from for a consultative selling approach? Um, listening is, it's just, you know, listening is a very overused word also and it's really hearing it mm -hmm. it's it's saying back so did you mean this and really making sure that i understood what you're talking about and asking questions as we go along and drilling down so it's the same as any deep or you know solid listening would be Okay, so the next question that we have is, does consultative selling framework provide sellers with a consistent, repeatable process to more effic uh, effic effectively execute their sales conversation? Great question. Um, so that's different. Process is, is a different piece of it, but it definitely, the consultative selling fits into it. So I would say we need a, a little bigger framework, um, but we need a repeatable um, process that we can go through all of these components. Yes. So I think we have two more questions to go. The second last question is what are the special benefits of adopting consultative selling approach? Um, so the special benefits are that you understand your buyer and the journey that your buyer's on, not your path of what you want to sell or push at somebody. Um, we want to totally understand what our buyer's goals are, what their aspirations are. It's funny because we don't always wanna solve a problem for someone. Sometimes people just wanna get better. So it, it's like listening to podcasts or reading, reading books or, or you know, whatever way, method that you learn. Hmm. Um, sometimes it's not just to, you know, cause I have to get to this point, but it's really that I just wanna get a little bit better. And so you have to keep that in mind. You're not always solving a problem, but you're helping people to, to up level. 
the last question that we have for the session lori is uh, what is the percentage of sales organizations those try to position themselves as consultative versus transactional i have no idea <laughs> i really don't it's it's interesting um you know you can tell uh, um a transactional deal is you know i look at it i see it i see the price i buy it um there's a lot of transactional stuff on amazon and you know other places online that you look it up make a decision you're done um but the the more complex things are, are what take us professional sales people and will never be replaced as far as i can tell okay i think uh, that would be our last question thank you lori thank you so much for joining us it was a very insightful session if we have more questions i'll reach back to you and uh, probably we can have your session recorded and sent up on our b2b bench channel so yeah thank you again thank you so oh, much thank you it was my pleasure thank you so much hey thanks for watching the recording do check us out at ambers b2b bench for more such killer content also don't forget to go to www.amplus.com and book your free demo for amplus enterprise version to rate your next customer